give him praise and glory. He's worthy of our praise this morning. Amen. I want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to the book of Mark, uh, the second book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Mark chapter number 9. Mark chapter number 9. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. This is truly an oasis in the desert of the life we live. Amen? Mark chapter number 9. While you're turning, I'd like to invite all the men that, that would uh, or would like to. Tonight, I'm going to be preaching in Decatur at Decatur Baptist Church uh, for a men's, uh, a, a men's meeting. They're having a men's conference or it's, it's different Sundays. Uh, this will be one of two that I'm going to be preaching out up there tonight at 545. So if you'd like to come out, uh, uh, I could always use an amen section. Say amen. And we're going to have a big time there and, uh, and just do everything we can to help our men be godly men. And boy, do we need some godly men in this life we're living. Amen. All right. Mark chapter number 9. Uh, we're going to read in verse number 2. Mark chapter 9. In verse 2, if you found your spot, say amen. It says, And after six days Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John, and leadeth them up into a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared and uh, uh, unto them Elias, which is Elijah of the Old Testament, with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. For he wist not what to say, for they were sore afraid. How many of y'all have ever got to that place you didn't know what to say, so you just said the first thing come to your mind? Well... There was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, and this is, this is God the Father interrupting Peter, uh, and he said, This is my beloved son, hear him. In other words, shut your mouth and open your ears. Are y'all with me? Listen. <laughs> and suddenly, when they had looked round about, they saw no man anymore save Jesus only with themselves. And this is what I want to preach on this morning. And as they came down from the mountain, say that with me. And as they, say it again. And as they came down from the mountain. Now skip to verse number 14. Skip to verse 14. Are you there? When they came down from the mountain, it says he came to his other disciples that he had left there, and he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, running to him and saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? In other words, the rest of his disciples, besides Peter, James, and John, was down here with a man who had a son who was demon-possessed. They were unsuccessful in trying to help this man. And so the scribes, the people who uh, were against Jesus the whole time, were taunting them and questioning them and just basically mocking them for their inability to help this man. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnashes with his teeth and pineth away. 
And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. How many of y'all can relate to the father when he says this? And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. Oh, I believe, but boy, there's a part of me that's struggling. There's a part of me that's, that's having difficulty. When Jesus saw that the people came together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, and as much as many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him up by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Read that sentence with me. This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Father, thank you, Lord, for your, your presence in this place. Lord, thank you for the, uh, your word that we can read and study and help us, Lord. I pray that your perfect will be done today. pray that you'll move in an awesome way. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Here we find an interesting situation. We find uh, Jesus has spent time with his disciples. He has three that are really close to him, Peter, James, and John, and he allows them to experience things the others do not get to. Uh, and so he takes them up into a high mountain. Uh, and many believe it's Mount Hermon is one of the, the tallest mountains in the area right there. And, and, and there upon that mountain, he is praying. And, and if you read the other Gospels, you'll find out that the disciples fall asleep. As Jesus is praying, as Jesus is interceding, as, as Jesus is praying, they fall asleep. Well, in the midst of all of that, they wake up and they see Jesus standing there with Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah represent, uh, and I'm not going to preach too much on this because I want to get to what happened after they come down, but here's the point. Moses represented the law, and Elijah represented the prophets. And you say, what about that? The law and the prophets in the Old Testament pointed to the Son of God in the New Testament. And Jesus was the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Are you with me? Say amen. And so here we find they wake up and they see Jesus. And they don't just see Jesus, but they see Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. And not only that, but they see Jesus is glowing. They see Jesus like they've never seen him before. The Bible says he is transfigured in front of them. Uh, it, it is the same word that's used when it says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Later on in the New Testament, same Greek word. And what it means is what's on the inside started showing on the outside. In other words, his deity, his godlike character, the glory that was in him, on the outside you saw his humanity, but on the inside was his deity. And what was on the inside started showing on the outside. Somebody say amen. 
He began to reflect who he really was, that he was not just the Son of Man, he was the Son of God. He was God the Son. The Shekinah glory of God began to show around him, and Peter saw that, and he didn't know what to say. So he just said, "What the first thing come to his mind, hey, it's cool to be here. Are y'all with me? Now, I'm going to have to say, that's probably what I'd have said, amen. And, and here's what he says. I tell you what we need to do. Let's build a tabernacle for Jesus. Let's build a tabernacle for uh, Moses. Let's build a tabernacle for Elijah. And God interrupts him. God the Father, the Shekinah glory that was seen in the Old Testament tabernacle, the kind of other things, the Shekinah glory that was there in the Holy of Holies, come upon that mountain, and they heard a word, this is my beloved son. And he, listen, this is what you need to do. You need to hear him. You need to hear him. What is, what is the Father emphasizing with this statement? That the word of God is more important than the spectacular. It's not about the vision. It's not about the spectacular. It's not about the glory. It's about Jesus and his word. You can't put Jesus on the same level as Moses and on the same level as Elijah. Jesus was pointed to by them two and the fulfillment of them two. Say amen. But here's the deal. How do we apply this to today? Man, I, you got to admit, you got to admit, that had to be been a cool deal. I mean, that, that had to have been a really awesome thing to be there and see the glory of God and see God radiating out of Jesus being in the glory. That had to have been great. And what Peter is saying, let's just stay here. Let's just stay in the glory. Let's just stay in, in the in bask in the light of God. Now, let me apply that. I don't know about y'all, but this world is rough. And this, this, this week, this week, uh, to say this has been a tough week, it's been, it, it, would, it would be a major understatement. And I, I, I'm telling you, we've got people in our church that are broken. We've got people in our church that are hurting terribly right now. It's just been a terrible, terrible week. And then when I, come, when I come to this place and I come to this building and I get to sit in front of this choir and these singers and they get to singing and, oh, man, I feel the presence of God and I feel the glory of God. And, man, there's time that I just want to say, let's just stay here. Let's just stay in the glory. Let's just keep singing. Let's just keep shouting. Let's just keep praising God. I want to stay in the glory. I want to stay in His presence. Let's don't come down off the mountain. Boy, you're in here and you feel God in you. And you feel God's presence in the praise. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. And listen, when we begin to praise God and sing unto him, I, 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 I don't know if your blesser got blessed when they started singing that, if it had not been. Oh, but if it didn't, you need to get saved again. Now, I don't believe in that saved again. You need to get saved the first time or, 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 or get recharged, whatever you need to call that. But something's wrong. If that didn't help you, something's wrong. And I'm telling you, there's times I just want to stay here. I don't want to leave the doors. I don't want to go out of here. I want to stay in God's glory. I want to stay in God's presence. But how many of y'all know that today is Sunday and Monday's coming? Peter said, let's just stay here. That's not reality. 
This is a glorious experience. This is wonderful. Let's just hang out right here. But guess what? Everybody's got to come off the mountain. And the Bible says when they left, they left and they came down from the mountain. There are some things we can expect. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you, I love the Lord, and I love the Lord's house, and I love the Lord's people, and I love the Lord's presence, and I love the singing, and I love all the glory, and I love all the good, and I love all of that. But this is not necessarily the ministry. This is, this is, this is the the pleasure become the pleasure comes the pain and here they come can you imagine can you imagine peter james and john man this is cool this is wonderful did you see that man he was glowing i mean he was just so glowing. did you see that light coming out of him and they probably chattering back and forth all the way down the mountain and when they get to the bottom of the mountain the rest of the disciples, it's, it's, it's almost, I don't want to call it a riot situation, but it's just a bad situation. Now, here's some things I want you to write down. If you're taking notes, I want you to keep this in mind. We got to come off the mountain. We can't stay in these pews. And if all the ministry you're involved in, if all the, the, the religion, if you want to use that word, that you know is sitting in these chairs, you, you got a rude awakening. Because there's some things that we can expect when we go out them doors. How many of y'all are with me? Say amen. You say, preacher, what can we expect when we walk out them doors? Listen, we can expect to face difficulty. Number one, we can expect to face difficulty. I, I put this in my notes right under that, right under that. Uh, this is not something that might happen. This is something that will happen. Are y'all with me? When you come down off the mountain, when you come out of the glory, when you, when you come from getting your praise on, amen, whatever that means. I see it on Facebook all the time. I'm going to get my praise on. I don't know how you put that on, but amen, it's a good whatever. When you come out of church, you can expect to face difficulty. Say, what are we going to face, preacher? There was two things I saw in this story that just stood out more than anything. One is hurting people. How many of y'all have seen and, and, and realized so far in life that this world is full of hurting people? Job said it best when he said, Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Full of trouble. Full of difficulty. From the time Adam sinned in the garden, sin passed upon all men, and because of that sin, the ground was cursed, man was cursed. We're living in a cursed world, a cursed ground, a cursed society, and we're going to deal with junk, trouble, pain, sorrow, and suffering. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. We, we, we have this idea that church is just about the glory. It's just about the singing. It's just about the stage. It's just about the choir. It's just, no, no, no. Real ministry is about hurting people. Listen, you didn't find Jesus being bragged about in the temple. It wasn't the scribes and the Pharisees. It was all about Jesus. When you found Jesus, Jesus was around 
hurting people. He was around broken people. He was around sinful people. He was around people who was desperately in need for some kind of help and some kind of encouragement. I used to say this we just just as a joke, guys. Don't 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 think too bad of me. The ministry'd be great if it wasn't for the people. Some of y'all get it. I appreciate your sense of humor. And the rest of y'all need to lighten up this morning. People can be tough. People can be difficult. My daughter, my daughter is working for the, the, the representative from North Carolina. He's kind of popular right now for some of the wrong reasons. <laughs> Amen. But she's working for him. And I said, what do you do? She says, I answer phone calls. I said, oh. I answer phone calls from constituents. I said, how's that going for you? She says, Daddy, people can be crazy. You know what I told her? Welcome to the ministry. But you know what? You know what? We can say, you know, ministry would be great if it wasn't for the people. But guess what? If it wasn't for the people, there'd be no ministry. People are hurting. People are broken. That's so many things went on this week. I mean, from one end of the spectrum to the other that you can imagine of people having to deal with heartbreak and pain and sorrow. It's crazy. You know what? When they come down off the mountain, the first thing that happened is they ran into hurting people. Guys, I want to tell y'all something. Be patient. Be patient. And, and I know that's, 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 I don't know why I'm saying that. I guess because I need to hear it. But be patient with the people you work with. Be patient with the people you go to school with. Be, be patient with the people around you. Because sometimes it's not that they're the biggest jerk in the world. They're in pain. And sometimes the way they treat you and the way they respond and react to you is not because they're so terrible or, or, or you're... Sp- it, 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 many times it's they're hurting and they don't know how. Are y'all with me? So we find in this situation, we find hurting people. Not only hurting people, but part of the difficulty that we face is not just because of the hurting people, it's because of the hindering people. The hindering people. So, preacher, what are you talking about? The scribes who were supposed to be the religious crowd. These were supposed to be God's people. Y'all with me? Supposed to be the people who were supposed to help the other people who was hurting. Guess what they were doing? Instead of trying to help the hurting, they were trying to hinder the helping of the hurting. Did I get that right? They were against the disciples, questioning them, and taunting them, they didn't like the disciples because they were following this man who was getting all the attention that they used to get. Y'all with me? And so, so the scribes, they were saying, oh, and, and by the way, by the way, when, when there's people jealous of you, they'll jump in any chance of failure. You know you have a problem with jealousy when you can gloat in the failure of your supposed enemy. Man, he got quiet all of a sudden. Am I right? 
Now, I found this out. Listen, church people are supposed to be all in the same family. God is our Father. Heaven is our future. We have the same faith. We have the same Father. We have the same future. We're supposed to have the same function, and that is to go find the hurting and find the needy and find the lost and tell them about Jesus. And here's the thing that I've found. Listen, I don't have any problem. I don't have any problem out of sinners. I, I, I have not had any resistance whatsoever from people who we, I want to put quotes there, lost. You know, the people that the religious crowd think are so bad. I've not had one alcoholic saying, why y'all got that coffee place in there? I've not, had, I've not had one drug addict that's struggling with drugs, not one single one, say, why don't y'all have a traditional Sunday school? I have, not had, I have not had one person who everybody thinks is so bad to come against us and try to stop what we're doing. Listen, if what we're doing is not like what you're doing, that's fine. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It just it means it's we're not doing what you're doing. And I'm, I would rather do what we're doing than do what you're not doing. Half the problem with trying to help hurting people is getting around the hindering people. But guess what? Guess what? That is ministry. I, I, I was, <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Me and brother, me and brother Jalen went and made a visit <clears throat> in the hospital, and uh, and brother Jalen shook a gentleman's hand and, and and said, "We're from Temple." He went. <laughs> I was just hot. I don't know what y'all were thinking about. I'm just getting warm up here. I, I, I want to say, listen, fella, I got, I got other things I can be doing. Y'all with me? But guess what? It's ministry. I tell you what, I'm not going to. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know, Jesus could have just said, fooey on everybody. But that's, listen, that's reality. You, you, you better learn to expect to face difficulty. When you come down off the mountain, not only expect to face difficulty, but here's, here's something I want everybody to get, and please get me when I say this. And I, I, I'm telling you, we, we say this stuff, but it, in the back of our head, I don't know that we're really believing what we're saying when we say it, but, but we not only need to expect to face difficulty, we need to expect to fight devils. I said it, devils. Devils. Demons. Y'all with me? Principalities and powers. Spiritual wickedness in high places. The Bible was speaking to us when it said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Are y'all with me? Our fight is not with the hindering people. Our fight is with the demon that's in the child. And sometimes I think we fail to remember that we have a real enemy, a real adversary. 
Peter said it so well when he said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, your enemy, the one who is against you, the one who hates you, the one who's fighting you on every front in every place, he is real. He's as a lion who roameth about seeking whom he may devour. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. With new levels come new devils. As you grow and you mature in your life, guess what? It, listen, it, it graduates. And let me explain what I mean. In Mark chapter number 6, in Mark chapter number 6, the Bible says that Jesus gave the disciples power to cast out demons. And you know what they did? They went out casting out demons and casting out devils. They had power and they still have power. But guess what? New levels, new devils. Listen, that thing that you've got victory over today, don't sit back on your haunches and say, I've got it from now on. You cannot take a break on God. You cannot stop swimming against the current of the devil and society and culture because the moment you take a break, you're going backwards. Listen, we have an enemy. He is real. And, and just about three or four messages ago, we learned some things about the devil. He's a thief. He's a liar, and he's a murderer. He's not, he's not some character on TV. Listen, Hollywood has tried to dress him up, and Hollywood has tried to make him friendly. Uh, they've even got a, a, a TV show about Satan or Lucifer walking on this planet, and they're trying to make it all. Hey, let me tell you something. He is evil. He is mean. He is nasty. He is a murderer. He's a thief, and he's a liar. And the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. And he's real, and he's looking for you, and he's looking for a weakness, and he's looking for an area. He's looking for a place to put a foothold. He's trying to get in your life. He's like the camel in the tent. If he can ever get his nose in, before long the body will be in there too. He's real. He hates your family. He hates your children. He hates your life. He hates your joy. When you come in here and experience the joy of the Lord and feel the presence of God, he hates that. He despises that. He's going to do everything he can for you to suffer and to separate you from the presence of God. When you walk out those doors, you can expect to face difficulty, but you can expect to fight devils. They're real and real. Man, I don't... I don't mean to bring everybody down, but I'm telling you, we have a real enemy. And it's not your neighbor. It's not your spouse. It's not your children. It's not the co-worker at work. It's not your boss. Satan is real. And all God's people see it. When you come down off the mountain, you can expect to face difficulty. You can expect to fight devils. But you can expect to find deliverance. Now, now let, me, let me explain this part because this is the best and we'll close. <clears throat> the disciples were struggling. They were struggling. Uh, I, and man, I, I can relate to them. I can relate to them. When I was in South Carolina, 
when I was in South Carolina at Long Branch Baptist Church in South Carolina, uh, uh, God, God was moving in an incredible way. I, I, I mean, just people getting saved like crazy. This, the, the church looked like Little House on the Prairie Church. I'm talking about had big columns. Everything in the building was made out of fat lighter. If somebody took a smoke in there, it would go up in five seconds. I mean, just old wood beams, the whole thing. Matter of fact, it still had a slave balcony in it. General Sherman ripped the carpet out of the building. It had all the records there. I mean, it goes way back. The little town I was in, uh, the, the, there was a church in town who had the, I don't know if y'all have ever seen these before, but they used to have the baptistries in the floor. And they would move the, the pulpit, the platform away, and there was the baptistry. Well, General Sherman brought his horses in and watered his horses in the baptistry. There's still hoof prints in the baptistry. Needless to say, there's nobody in Barnwell County named Sherman. Say amen. Still fighting the Civil War over there. And I'm telling you what, it was an amazing thing. An amazing thing to see God save. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, he's not just saving Sunday school children. He's saying saving pure T registered DNA profiled heathens. <clears throat> I've told y'all a hundred times about Paul Allen Owen, PA, and 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 and, and uh, Johnny Atkinson. They was in a bar fight about two years before they both got saved. Johnny be on the front row and Paul be on the back row. I never knew about the bar fight till later on. One of them almost cut the other one. It's crazy. I mean, people all around town was talking about them two, number one, being in church, but being in the same church and being saved in the same church. Crazy what God was doing. Filled it up, filled up the balcony, and God says, you're through. I've got something else for you. To make a long story short, here I am in Alabama. No, no, let me finish. When I got here, man, I was so excited. When I got here, I was telling the gentleman, the older gentleman that we was where I was, I was trying to motivate them and, 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 you know, cast vision and all that. Talking about, you know, God's going to build a big church. Can't you see it's 500 seat auditorium on that hill? And y'all know the story. Y'all know what happened. I said, can't you see it? And one of them said, nope. I thought to myself, bless God, I ain't been here just a couple weeks. At least lie to me if you don't have that much faith. Man, I, hey, hey, I was preaching my guts out. I was preaching everything that I was preaching in South Carolina, and nothing was happening. Not well, Something was happening. People started leaving. <clears throat> I'm talking about the church didn't get bigger. It got smaller. Man, I'm getting frustrated. Things are just getting, and it was like, what, what, the, what? God, I'm doing the same things here that I was doing in South Carolina. Tons of people is getting saved over here, and people are leaving. They're mad at me. Here's the thing. I'm, I, I, all this is for a reason. These disciples, a few chapters before, three chapters, matter of fact, God had gave them power. Jesus had specifically given them power over demons and devils. Go out and cast out devils. So here, here it is, is they, they had what they needed. Y'all with me? I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. 
Jesus comes down off the mountain, and they can't do it. The thing that they was doing in chapter 6, they were unable to do in chapter 9. In chapter 6, they were blowing and going. In chapter 6, they were healing. They were casting out devils. They were doing all these things. Ministry was easy. Ministry was a success. Everything went well for them. Everything went right for them. Everything was easy and good. But here in chapter 19, they're a failure. Here in chapter 9, they can't get it done. Here in chapter 9, they're doing what they did in chapter number 6, but nothing is happening. How many of y'all have ever been there? Preacher, it seems like, I, you know, I, I'm doing what I used to do. Or, or, or Why isn't things for me today like it was yesterday? Why am, why am I not feeling God today like I did in the past? Why am I not able to do for God today what I used to do in the past? Why is it different now? Let's think about it. Is it a possibility? Is it a possibility that when Jesus picked Peter, James, and John to go up into the mountain that some of them disciples got a little jealous? Could it be that they, they were there without Jesus, Peter, James, and John up in the mountain, and they're down here, and they're squat? I don't know why they picked him. I've been in the boat with Peter. He ain't nothing but a cusser. I tell you what, I, I, y'all don't look at me that way. Don't even act like, y'all can take that halo from top of your head and put it in your pocket because nobody here believes it, no way. Can y'all relate to what I'm saying? How easy it is it to just get sideways because God don't do what we think he should do. Let me tell you what happened, I believe. Sometimes, sometimes because, and listen to me good, this may be the message you need to hear. Sometimes, because of past success, chapter 6, sometimes because of past success, it's easy to get arrogant and self-confident. Let me say that again. Balcony, they're not going to get with me and talk to me this morning, so y'all help me, okay? Because of past success, chapter 6, it's easy to get arrogant and self-confidence and say, I got this. This man brings this child who's, who's demon-possessed, and he brings this issue to the disciples, and the disciples says, well, I did it in chapter 6. I'll just roll on up here and do it in chapter 9. Now watch, this is what happened. Y'all paying attention? Y'all paying attention? Now watch, look here. This is what happened. They were operating in their ability and not in their anointing. They were operating in their ability and not in their anointing. Preacher, what are you saying? They had an anointing. They had something that God had given them. In chapter number 6, they had the power. It was, not, it was not that they didn't have the, 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 the power or the anointing to accomplish the task. It's that they were not tapping into that power. They were not using that anointing. They were doing it in their own ability. And guess what? Jesus says this, without me, ye can do nothing. 
said, how do you know that they were operating in their ability and not their anointing? Because later on he asked Jesus, why couldn't we do that? He said, this kind comes not by prayer and fasting. You know what he's saying? This kind comes from devotion and discipline. They had eased up. They had slacked up. They had got a little self-confident and a little arrogant, thinking, hey, we've got this. We don't need to pray. We don't need to spend time with God. We don't need to get in his presence. We don't need to. Oh, are you all with me? And how easy is it to come in church and pray and shout and sing and praise God and get so confident in who we are. We think we've got the devil by the tail and we walk out there and we don't spend time in prayer. We don't spend time in Bible reading. We don't saturate ourselves in the scripture and the power of God. And we go out there and we face a new devil and we get whipped. And we wonder why we're not successful. We wonder why we failed in that temptation. We wonder why we failed in that battle. And it's because we slacked up in devotion and discipline. And we failed to realize that we need the presence of God every single day of our life. In every situation in our life. Going to work. Going to school. Not just going to church. Not just into tragedy. But every day living. I'm telling you guys. We can't. You say, well preacher, I'm not arrogant. Let me tell you something. If you don't pray and seek God every day, you're arrogant. Well, how am I being arrogant? Because what you're saying, what you're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I'm done, so y'all just, just take, just, just bear with me just a minute and get mad later. But if you don't spend time praying, this is what you're literally saying. And God has convicted the fire out of me on this. When we don't spend time in God's presence praying, this is what we're telling God. I got it. I don't need you. This problem, I got it. You know what we're going to find out? It's not good English, but we don't got it. Now, how many of y'all would be honest with me? Hey, look, it's just family here today. How many of y'all would take two minutes and be honest with me and say, Preacher, there's been times I got arrogant, but I didn't got it. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying we can't stay on the mountain. We got to go out them doors. But we can't go out those doors arrogant. We can't go out those doors without the anointing. I don't care how talented you are. I don't, I, I don't care how, how, how many times you've done it. I don't know how many times I've stood up on this platform. I, I don't know. Over the years, even Long Branch and uh, uh, Little Methodist Church and down at Bethel and how many times I've preached, there's not one single time I've ever stood up here that I didn't need him desperately. And I will say this, Brother John, I hate to admit this, but there's been times I got up here and was real confident in my sermon. Thought, this one right here, it's going to get the job done. And, and, and God says, okay. And I struggle and struggle. And the only thing I want to hear is in Jesus' name, amen. 
anybody relate to what I'm saying? We need him, guys. Every day we need him. Just because you were successful yesterday doesn't mean you're going to be successful tomorrow if you don't tap into the same power that got you through yesterday. There was two preachers sitting on the front row. One young man, fresh in the ministry, right out of college. He was so excited. I mean, he 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 finished high in his class, and boy, he just had it all together. And he couldn't wait to speak. He had something to say. And so they called on the young preacher first, because the seasoned preacher would be the the keynote speaker. And that seasoned preacher run up the platform when they called his name. And boy, he struggled and fumbled and just fell all over himself. And he came back down with his head down. And he sat down beside the older seasoned preacher. And said, said, preacher, I don't know what happened. He said, son, next time, if you will go up like you came down, you will come down like you went up. What's the point? Don't ever think you got this. Don't ever think that you're beyond temptation. Don't ever think that the devil can't get you. Peter's a prime example. You know, what, you know what Peter told Jesus? I got this. Jesus shakes his head. He said, Peter, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Satan has desired to have thee that he may sift you as wheat. But ladies and gentlemen, I got good news. Jesus said, but I have prayed for thee. So preacher, what do we do when we fail? Do what those disciples did. Just take it to Jesus. There's an important lesson we learned in this. Number one, Jesus is always available. Number two, don't do it on your own. You may have the anointing, but you're dependent on your ability. And your ability does not match your anointing. And all God's people say it. Let's pray. Father, Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being able to come to you when we